Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Mesdames et Messieurs, bienvenue à la téléconférence des résultats financiers du premier trimestre 2021 de Cascade. Je m'appelle Simon et je serai votre opérateur aujourd'hui. Toutes les lignes sont présentement en mode écoute seulement. Suite aux commentaires des dirigeants, il y aura une période de questions. Good morning, my name is Simon and I will be your conference operator today. At this time, I would like to welcome everyone to the Cascade First Quarter 2021 Financial Results Conference Call. All lines are currently in listen-only mode. After the speaker's remarks, there will be a question and answer session. I will now pass the call to Jennifer Aitken, Director of Investor Relations for Cascade. Ms. Aitken, you may begin your conference. Thank you, Simon. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining our first quarter 2021 conference call. We will begin with an overview of our operational and financial results, followed by some concluding remarks, after which we will begin the question period. The speakers on today's call will be Mario Plourd, President and CEO, and Alan Hogg, CFO. Also joining us on the call are the presidents of Cascade's business segments, namely Charles Malot, President and COO of the Container Board Packaging Group, Luc Langevin, President and COO of the Specialty Products Group, and Jean-David Tardif, President and COO of the Tissue Papers Group. They will all be available for the question and answer period at the end of the call. Before I turn the call over to my colleagues, I would like to highlight that Renault de Medici's interim report released on April 29th can be viewed on Renault's website. I would also note that certain statements made during this call will discuss historical and forward-looking matters. The accuracy of these statements is subject to risk factors that can have a material impact on actual results. These risks are listed in our public filings. These statements, the investor presentation and the press release are also include data that are not measures of performance under IFRS. Please refer to our Q1 2021 investor presentation for details. This presentation, along with their first quarter press release, can be found in the investor section of our website. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact, to contact us after the session. I will now turn the call over to our CEO, Mario. Thank you, Jennifer, and good morning, everyone. Before beginning, I would like to thank our employees for their continued hard work and resiliency, our customer, supplier, and the community in which we operate for their strong partnership, as well as our shareholder for their ongoing support. Our results for the first three months of the year speak directly to today's dynamic business environment. By far the most important driver of our performance this quarter was demand contraction in retail and away from home tissue volume. Higher raw material prices and transportation cost inflation also limited the first quarter performance of our container board and box board Europe segments. Solid results from our North American packaging segment, driven by higher demands in sales prices and container board offsetting slightly lower volumes and the specialty product segment, good sequential margins improvement helped counter these headwinds. On a consolidated basis, first quarter sales levels decreased 5% from Q4 and 7% from a year ago. 
while adjusted EBITDA decreased by 13% and 10% respectively. Slide 4 and 5 provide details of each of our business segments. I will provide additional detail about the performance of each of our business segments in a few minutes. On the raw material side, highlighted on slide 6, the Q1 average index price for OCC increased 97% year-over-year and was 9% higher than Q4. This reflects the high domestic demand levels for this fiber as containable production levels have responded to pandemic buying pattern and export activity. Average prices for white recycled paper grades were stable year-over-year in Q1 and decreased 16% from Q4 levels. On the Virgil Pulse side, hardwood and softwood pulp prices both increased year-over-year and sequentially in Q1. Hardwood pulp registered an increase of 17% year-over-year and 19% sequentially, while softwood pulp prices rose 16% and 14% respectively. It is important to note that the higher transportation costs and the less favorable exchange rate are also factors affecting the cost of our raw materials. Moving now to some brief comments on the performance of each of our business segments, highlighted on page 8 through 11 of the presentation. The container board segment generated a slight 1% increase in sales sequentially, driven by a higher average selling price and improved mix. These benefits were offset by the less favorable exchange rate and a 2% decrease in shipments which reflected usual seasonality and planned 11,700 short ton of downtime taken during the period. Jumboro shipments decreased 3% as capacity utilization remained stable, and we increased our integration rate by 2%. On the converting side, shipment decreased by 1% sequentially in millions of square feet, outperforming the 11% decrease in the Canadian market and the 3% decrease registered in the U.S. market for the period. When compared to Q1 of last year, shipments of converted product increased 10%. This outperformed both Canadian and U.S. market, which increased 8% and 4% respectively. I would also add that shipment levels in the first three months of the year attain a new record level for Q1. Q1 adjusted EBITDA of $108 million or 21.5% on a margin basis was $2 million or 2% below Q4 levels. Result benefited from solid sales and a higher average selling price. However, these were upset by higher raw material and transportation costs and lower volume related to seasonality and planned downtime that I just mentioned. Year-over-year, sales increased 10%, driven by better volume, improved sales mix, and higher average selling prices, partially offset by the impact of a less favorable ethics. Adjusted EBITDA increased 9% year-over-year. Our tissue business had a difficult first quarter on a comparative basis. Sales decreased 23% sequentially. As I mentioned earlier, this was driven by lower volume and was also impacted by weather-related production loss in one of our southern U.S. tissue plants and continued lower volume in the away from home side. 
Less favorable effects and realized pricing in the sales mix also impacted sales sequentially. Adjusted Q1 EBITDA decreased 50% from these same reason. However, lower production costs was a positive contributor to result. On a year-over-year basis, the factor driving tissue performance were similar, with volume contraction being the most important factor behind both the sales and adjusted EBITDA decrease. Q1 sales from the European box board increased 13% sequentially, reflecting better volume and sale prices and the beneficial impact of a more favorable exchange rate. Adjusted EBITDA decreased 4 million from Q4 levels, reflecting higher raw material prices and energy costs. Year-over-year, sales increased 7%, driven by volume and better pricing and mix. Conversely, adjusted EBITDA decreased by 7 million from prior year levels, as the beneficial impact on sales were more than mitigated by higher raw material prices and higher energy and production costs. The specialty product segment generated solid Q1 results sequentially and year over year. Sequentially, Q1 sales were stable, decreasing by $1 million, and adjusted EBITDA increased $3 million. In both cases, better pricing and sales mix drove these results. When compared to the prior year, Q1 sales increased by $9 million, driven by a stronger volume and better pricing and mix, the benefit of which more than offset a less favorable exchange rate. Adjusted EBITDA levels increased by 50% or $6 million year over year, with higher volume, better pricing and mix, and lower production costs more than offsetting the impact of higher raw material costs and less favorable exchange rate. I will now pass the call to Alan, who will discuss the main highlights of our financial performance, and I will be back after Alan. Thank you, Mario, and good morning, everyone. So, before discussing our financial results, I would like to highlight that following the European Box Board segment announcement to sell its virgin fiber manufacturing mill in France, that these operations are not presented and discontinued with retrospective adjustments. We provide relevant details regarding the changes to the financial consolidated results on slide 13. Note that this transaction closed last Friday, April 30th. Looking now at, uh, at uh, an overview of our key KPIs on slide 14, our first quarter shipments increased by 6,000 short tons or 1% from Q4. This was driven by a 16% increase in Boxboard Europe, offset by a decrease of 19% in tissue and a slight 2% decrease in container board. First quarter, capacity utilization rate of 91% decreased 1% compared to the prior year and increased 3% from the fourth quarter levels. Average working capital came in at 9.5% of sales, down from 9.6% in Q4, while consolidated return on assets stood at 13%, down slightly from 13.1% in Q4. Moving now to sales as detailed on slide 15 and 16, year-over-year Q1 sales decreased by 83 million or 7%. As we have already highlighted during this call, this was driven by the important volume decrease in tissue in the period with unfavorable exchange rate also impacting sales level of our North American business segments. Volumes in all 
of our, our other businesses were up year over year and pricing and sales mix were beneficial factors for our North American operations. On a sequential basis, first quarter sales decreased by 60 million or 5%, largely reflecting lower volumes in tissue and less favorable exchange rate. These were partially offset by higher shipments in Europe and better pricing and mix in container board. Moving now to operating income and adjusted EBITDA on slide 17. Q1 adjusted EBITDA of 141 million decreased 16 million from the prior year level. The decrease was largely due, largely due to the lower uh, results from the tissue segment as a result of lower demand. Boxboard Europe also decreased year over year as a result of higher raw material costs. And North American packaging segments both generated stronger results compared to the prior year period. Sequentially, Q1 adjusted EBITDA decreased by 21 million or 13%, as shown on slide 18. This was driven by the weaker tissue performance with container board and box board Europe also seeing softer results sequentially due to raw material price inflation. Specialty products and corporate activities both generated improved results in the period. Our quarterly results continue to benefit from our margin improvement initiatives as we move towards our objective of improving our EBITDA margin by 1% for the second consecutive year when compared to our baseline year of 2019. On that basis, we have realized $40 million in the first three months, and every initiative that we have implemented are mitigating market headwinds and cost inflation and are also improving the execution of our business processes. Slide 19 and 20 illustrate the specific items recorded during the quarter. The main items worth mentioning are $5 million of restructuring charges recorded in container board and tissue segments related to restructuring and profitability improvement initiatives, an $8 million unrealized loss on financial instruments, and a $3 million foreign exchange gain on long-term debt and financial instruments. Slide 21 and 22 illustrate the year-over-year and sequential variance of our Q1 adjusted earnings per share and the reconciliation with the specific items that affected our quarterly results. As reported, earnings per share were $0.22 cents the first quarter. This compared to earnings per share of $0.24 cents last year. Both periods included specific items. On an adjusted basis, EPS decreased by $0.13 cents compared to last year results. Lower printing results and higher depreciation expense were partially offset by lower financing expenses and a lower earnings attributable to non-controlling interest. On an adjusted basis, sequential first quarter ETS decreased also by 13%, uh, 13 cents per share from Q4 2020, reflecting the same factors, in addition to a positive variance resulting from a tax asset reassessment of prior year's losses, which occurred in Q4 of last year. As highlighted on slide 23, the first quarter adjusted cash flow farm operations decreased by 47 million year over year. 202 million and adjusted free cash flow levels decreased by 59 million year over year. This reflected lower operating results, higher net financing expense paid, and higher capex incurred, including the Berlin project, which is well underway and going as planned. Moving now to our net debt reconciliation on slide 24. Our net debt decreased by 25 million in the quarter, reflecting a, reflecting a positive exchange rate 
impact of 21 million as free cash flow was slightly negative. Net debt was also adjusted to reflect discontinued operations. Our leverage ratio of 2.5 is unchanged from the end of 2020. We would also like to report that we just extended our revolving bank credit facility for two years to July 2025 with the same terms and conditions. This along with other financial ratio and information about maturities are detailed on slide 25. Slide 26 provides details about our capital investment plans for 2021. They remain unchanged in a range of 450 to 475 million, which includes 250 million of investment associated with our Bay Island conversion project. Capital expenditures, net of disposal, total 78 million in Q1. We remain focused on prudently managing our cash flow and debt profile with the objective of keeping our leverage ratio within a range of 2.5 to 3 times while we execute our Bay Island project. At the end of the first quarter, we had cash and revolver availability of approximately $1 billion stable with year end 2020. Mario will conclude the call with some brief comments before we begin the question period. Mario? Thank you, Alan. We provide details regarding our near-term outlook on slide 28 of the presentation. As a reminder, this outlook is based on what we are seeing today and may change in the coming month given the dynamic nature of the ongoing unusual circumstances. Our near-term outlook for containable segment is good stable sequentially and up year over year. We continue to see solid demand in both the manufacturing and converting side. And the rollout of the announced price increase is underway as the second market price increase should be largely in place by the end of Q3. These factors are expected to offset higher raw material pricing and upward pressure on transportation side. I would highlight that we have planned maintenance downtime of approximately 15,000 short ton in Q2, slightly higher than the 11,700 short ton we took in Q1. We are expecting steady sequential results from specialty product segment. This reflects stable volume and a higher average selling price offsetting higher raw material costs. Year-over-year results are expected to increase, reflecting improvement in both volume and selling price. Near-term performance in European box board is also expected to be stable sequentially, with stable volume and better pricing offsetting higher raw material costs. Year-over-year results are expected to decrease, as the impact of higher raw material costs is expected to more than mitigate volume and pricing improvement. Our cautious near-term outlook for the tissue segment is for stable sequential results. Volume are expected to remain stable at lower levels on a sequential basis, with production cost structure efficiency mitigating the impact of higher raw material and transportation costs. Year-over-year, year, tissue results will be down from last year, strong results driven by elevated COVID-19 demand on the retail tissue side. Pricing improvement will support results going forward, as the high single-digit price increase we announced for consumer and away-from-home tissue products in North America will begin to take effect in the third quarter. While first quarter results were disappointing for this segment, we view this underlying cause as temporary. 
Long term, we expect demand level for both consumer and away from home tissue product to return to normalized level as inventory are rebalanced and businesses and the economy reopen. Modernization and margin improvement initiatives have not only equipped this segment to better mitigate, navigate the current challenging environment, but have also positioned this business for long-term market competitiveness. Moving now to the raw material outlook, the recovered paper market saw increased activity in the first quarter, which usually usual seasonality linked to lower generation of material. Domestic demand remained robust and export prices remain high. With limited container availability and port congestion, we maintain good inventory level, finished the quarter well supplied, and have not had difficult securing needed fiber. We have seen higher generation of material in the past month, and we expect similar OCC dynamics to persist for the coming month, with domestic demand remaining robust, persistent export activity, and OCC trading with a narrow range of the current level. Conditions for the white grade were more complex and are more difficult to predict. Material has remained readily available, and we have continued to maintain good inventory level. Lower demands for away from home product are as ease demand. Looking ahead, the recent increase in virgin pulp prices will likely put an indirect upward pressure on costs and recycled white grades. The virgin pulp market saw a continuation of the rapid surge in pricing at year end during the first quarter. This was driven by strong demand and extended plan and unplanned on time at pulp mill. We should expect market condition to ease as mill maintenance is completed and production is resumed. Currently, our mills are supply and we will continue to manage our needed support by our long-term supplier relationship and good inventory management. With that, we will now be happy to answer your question. Operator. Merci. Si vous voulez poser une question, veuillez s'il vous plaît composer l'étoile suivie du 1 sur votre clavier téléphonique. Si vous voulez retirer votre question, composez le carré. Thank you. If you would like to ask a question, simply press the star, then the number 1 on your telephone keypad. If you would like to withdraw your question, please press the pound key. Again, if you have a question, please press star, then 1 on your telephone keypad. Telephone pad. We'll pause for just a moment to compile the Q&A roster. Your first question comes from the line of Sean Stewart with TD Securities. Your line is open. Thank you. Good morning. Um, a couple of questions. Uh, Jean-David, uh, wondering if you can give us some context on when you expect uh, consumer uh, tissue destocking will work through the system. It, it sounds like Q2, you're, you're expecting an, an ongoing overhang. Um, any clarity on when that situation will resolve? Yes, good morning, Sean. Uh, so just to give you some numbers uh, to, uh, to support what we believe, if you look at the total U.S. converted shipment over the last few years, uh, the increase versus 2018 to 2019 to 2020, uh, we see that there's about a full month of inventory that went to the system. So from 8.8 .8 to 9 to 9.7 million tons, 
into the market. So you can see that there's half a million ton that was shipped in 2020, maybe more than what the consumer consumed. So which equal about a month of uh, retail sales total. So uh, if you look also at the Nielsen data, uh, April is the first month that we see positive increase from month over month. So we believe that the consumer are pretty much done with the inventory at their level, so, but there's still higher inventory at the retailer or distributor and also uh, the manufacturer side. So all in all, we believe that there's uh, maybe two, three months uh, still of uh, unbalance, but uh, still uh, we see better sales in Q2 than in Q1 uh, on our side. That's, uh, that's great detail. Thank you for that. Um, the second question is on OCC costs. In particular, we're, we're seeing ongoing pressure or inflation in, into, uh, into the second quarter. Uh, wondering if you can handicap the various factors at play here, offshore shipments, uh, domestic consumption as these new container board uh, mills start production, uh, generation rates, what's what's driving it uh, more so than other factors, and any visibility on when you might expect to see some relief on that front? Well, uh you know, on the what we see obviously now is that the uh, the, the uh, container board activity is uh, is there. Domestic business is, is strong and robust, uh, so this is a, obviously a, a significant uh, component of uh, of the market. Uh, the generation itself is also an important one. The first quarter of a year is always a quiet quarter for fiber generation. When you get into the March April uh, season. Uh, the generation increased significantly, and 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 this is very um, very stable year year after year. You see the same uh, the same trend in in fiber generation, and uh, 2021 makes uh, no exception. We've seen a significant increase in generation in the last uh, few weeks. Uh, more recently, there's been uh, more export activity, mainly to India. Uh, and uh, and we've seen uh, in the last few weeks uh, some uh, uh, you know this, this was less present uh, for a couple of reasons. You probably have seen that the uh, recycled brown pulp in China uh, there's a little bit of oversupply and softening in the pricing, uh, and obviously China is a, is a, an important final destination for. Uh, uh, for for uh, recycled pop and, and line the board, and we believe also that the current challenges that India has with the pandemic is also uh, impacting the demand. So, what we've seen in our region, uh, and where we are more active, which is uh, Northeast uh, U.S. Canada, uh, is definitely uh, a significant softening in the market conditions. Uh, yesterday, Raizi uh, proposed a. Uh, a, uh, a stable pricing uh, for for us uh, for uh, for the northeast. Uh, we would have felt even a, a a small decrease, honestly, based on, uh, on on our own perceptions. So that this definitely shows that something is uh, you know we're we're getting in a more favorable season uh, with fiber generation. Another thing also that we need to consider is uh, the the the. the the challenge with logistics, with containers uh, availability, difficulty of booking, 
uh, and uh, the, the concerns that people have to export material these days with uh, what's going on in, in uh, India. Or, so that's, uh, that's all these conditions. Uh, uh, so, you know, first quarter is always a more, uh, uh, a more sensitive quarter because of the lower generation. And then this year has been uh, amplified because the mills were, uh, the company more mills have been uh, fairly busy. Uh, so that's uh, that's probably why the market was a little bit tighter than it uh, it normally is. But uh, things have evolved more favorably for for us uh, in the last few weeks. Thank you for that. That's uh, that's useful context. I will get back in the queue. Your next question comes from the line of Anuja Shah with BMO Capital Markets. Your line is open. Hi. Good morning. Um, I was wondering, with your leverage at 2.5 times and container board markets clearly improving, can you give any thoughts around um, incremental capital returns to shareholders, just what you're thinking right now? Well, uh, good morning. Uh, what we said when you know when we announced Bear Island, uh, it's a, a fairly significant uh, investment, and uh, we'd rather uh, remain prudent during that time. And uh, now that we can, we see that you know tissue was affected uh, in the first quarter. So uh, for now, we, uh, our plan is maybe more to uh, remain on the the safe side with until the Berlin project is is completed. Okay, thank you. Um, and then when you think about the pandemic and what it's, the impact it's had on your tissue business, has it made you think about any potential shifts in your mix between consumer and away from home? Hey, good morning. Uh, you know, a few years ago, our mix was close to 50-50 away from home and retail. Uh, now, if we look at last quarter, it's 65-35, but for sure the market is, is below. So I think we will end up uh, after pandemic around 60-40, which is in line with the with the market is consuming. So we are uh, we're pleased with the, the, the mix that we have now. Uh, we've invested a lot to renew our converting assets over the last few years. So we're we're pretty much uh, at the right at the right level. Great, thank you. And I just wanted to ask one last one about cybersecurity, given the issue faced by some of your competitors in uh, in the U.S. and in Canada. What measures have you taken to protect yourself in this arena? Well, we have our internal security uh, group that always measure and. Uh, you know, monitors what attack we may have. Uh, we do have uh, insurance to cover ourselves, but we also have outside supplier if anything happened that would recover rapidly in case of a ransomware. But so far, uh, you saw a few in the industry, and I think uh, it proves that our systems are quite solid and we have improved since because we saw that the paper industry was under a lot of pressure, so we improved this this uh, safety since, and and I we will keep on improving as we go move forward anyway, because it it will never stop. Uh, something we we did also is maybe to to accelerate any uh, plan for recovery if any situation happens uh, in our in our production facility. So this is something we. Uh, we accelerate uh, given uh, what what we saw, but uh, 
we were uh, um, uh, doing a lot in the last four or five years, but uh, again, as Mario said, it's a, a continuous program. We need to improve and be uh, really, really careful and mindful of, uh, of anything. So uh, we're monitoring that. Great. Thank you very much. Your next question comes from the line of Hamir Patel with the CIBC Capital Markets. Your line is open. Hi, good morning. Charles, uh, could, could you give us an update as to, um, you know, with Bear Island, um, where the, the sort of order books stands for that and, and how you see, um, you know, what, what are you targeting by the time you start up? Yeah, hello, Amir. Um, so uh, just first, maybe on the, on the um, Bear Island, uh, the project is going um, as uh, on schedule uh, right now. So uh, the work on the site is uh, is progressing uh, well. So we still um, are aiming to uh, to start uh, in December 2022. Um, in regards to uh, the uh, the volume, I mean, our goal uh, at the beginning was to uh, uh, try to secure um, uh, about 150,000 tons uh, with um, different uh, agreement. Um, so I'm going to wait for uh, the uh, agreements to be signed uh, officially. But uh, we are in uh, uh, in discussion with uh, with current and uh, uh, new customers also to secure that volume. Uh, so once we're going to have more formal agreements, uh, we will. Uh, uh, inform on that, but it's going in the right direction, I can say, at this point. Okay. Uh, thanks, Charles. That's, that's helpful. And, and just turning to uh, container board demand, uh, you know, could you speak to if he's noticing any differences uh, between Canada and, and the U.S., and um, how has uh, e-commerce growth been, uh, been trending this year? So the demand, I would say, uh, there is a bit of difference uh, depending on the seasonality between uh, U.S. and and and, um, and, and uh, Canada, uh, but nothing major. Both are very uh, good as we speak. Still, uh, our first quarter, we were very happy with the uh, with the demand and uh, the way that things are going. And we see that uh, from what we see at uh, beginning of the uh, the Q2, uh, the demand still. Uh, uh, very strong, so this is a, this is a good sign, and this is on both sides of the of the border. Um, so uh, this is this is good. And uh, on the e-commerce, uh, we are seeing that uh, there is a, a high demand for uh, product that are moving uh, on the e-commerce. We are starting to see now that uh, some of these changes are probably going to stay uh, for the long term, which is uh, which is good. Uh, because these goods, when they travel uh, with the supply chain on e-commerce, they need uh, packaging and corrugated. Uh, so this is a good sign. So we are seeing a positive sign uh, um, on the demand coming from the e-commerce. And the good news uh, is when we look at the, uh, the Bear Allen uh, and the, the new mill that we have also, the Green Pack, offering uh, lighter weight, uh, so it helps uh, reducing the weight of packaging on e-commerce, and we're well equipped to offer that to our customers. So we're very positive on that side. Okay, great. Uh, thanks. Uh, that's all I had. I'll, I'll turn it over. Your next question comes from the line of Zachary Evershed with National Bank Financial. Your line is open. 
Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Could you give us a little more detail on the tissue modernization push wrapping up and where you think that leaves the segment in a more normalized environment margin-wise? Morning, Zachary. Uh, so uh, we've done a lot over the last two years. Uh, so we've, as you know, we've shut seven sites. We installed 13 new converting lines. Uh, about uh, one third was for retail, two thirds was for away from home, but we curtailed or we retired a lot of assets uh, at the same time. So all in all, uh, the capacity increased uh, by about 13% uh, converting capacity, I mean. So uh, this is where we're at right now. So the the uh, all the efforts that we've put in uh, help us last year to generate still 11% uh, with the away from home market being really low. Uh, and still we will have more capacity on the retail side next year than we had last year. So all in all, when when the market on the away from home side will come back, we believe that we'll be in a, in a strong position to, uh, to well execute. So, we still have a target of 15% EBITDA margin uh, without that um, retail uh, slowdown, unexpected slowdown. I will say we were targeting a 12% this year. For, for sure, there's input cost inflation, but we're still uh, committed to uh, to deliver because everything we've done, I think, is really a nice uh, improvement uh, over the fundamentals of the group. So we're in much better shape than we were uh, 2019 or 2018. That's helpful. Thanks. And then for specialty products, very strong quarter. Now, can you dive into the structural improvements that drove that, and then how much is more transitory in nature? Um, yes, Zachary. Uh, actually, we uh, the result we had this quarter uh, include no extraordinary results. I mean, it's uh, it's uh, normal results from the current. Inf- operation uh, we have, uh, so we have better product mix. Uh, Mario explained earlier that we uh, spent quite a lot of effort in uh, margin improvement. We were very involved in that uh, process and we're starting to see uh, the benefits uh, of, uh, of these efforts. And the last thing also, uh, obviously, is the we made investment uh, over the last couple of years to go more about the food packaging business, fresh food packaging business. Uh, it, uh, I think it was uh, it was good decision, good orientation, and with uh, the solid demand in, uh, in fresh food packaging business that we see now, we're also benefiting from that. Excellent, thank you. I'll turn it over. Again, if you would like to ask a question, please press star, then the number one on your telephone keypad. Your next question comes from the line of Paul Quinn with RBC Capital Markets. Your line is open. Yeah, thanks very much. Uh, morning, gentlemen. Uh, just a couple questions starting on, uh, I guess, container board. Just wondering how the, 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 the November price increase was implemented. When do you see any change for the, uh, the March-April price increase? Yes, Paul. Uh, so um, we were um, successful in uh, implementing uh, the uh, November price uh, price increase. Uh, so when I look at the um, the uh, realization of uh, of the uh, the increase, uh, we did uh, we did very well. So I can say that uh, 
at the end of Q1. Uh, it's mainly fully implemented. Uh, there may be some uh, small exception because of contract or things like that, but we can say that um, that this is uh, this is well well done uh, on our side. Uh, the impact uh, right now that we can see uh, is about um, on a sequential basis uh, about 25 million dollars of um, of uh, impact uh, on on the uh, on our on our cascade, so which is uh, which is good. And uh, we are uh, deploying right now the uh, the second price increase. Uh, which is uh, going uh, going well. Um, we did announce both uh, on the uh, box side uh, and also on the uh, the container board um, at the same time. So um, we are uh, deploying as we speak, and uh, uh, we see that uh, things are progressing well um, uh, right now. So um, uh, with the demand uh, that is happening right now and uh, our low uh, inventory level. Uh, we are uh, focusing on making this uh, happen, and we are working also at the same time with our customers um, to uh, to minimize also the impact for for them. But uh, we're fully aligned for realization of the increase. Okay, so then when I can relate that back to that slide 28, the near-term factors where you see, you know, essentially flat uh, flat results sequentially, just just. And I recognize the increased maintenance downtime in, in Q2 here, but I would have thought the implementation of the price, second price increase would have would have pushed, and just seasonality in the business would have pushed that more positive than flat. Yeah, the uh, there is a, um, a major uh, annual shutdown that we have provided in our guidance uh, that we show there. Uh, the maintenance uh, is on our uh, Niagara Falls complex, so we have three of our paper machines that will be uh, affected. Uh, we also have been cautiously uh, with the uh, uh, increase of the OCC, and that's what we factored in uh, uh, in our numbers. Okay, and then uh, maybe just over on the tissue side, I mean, you guys are probably seeing some significant cost increases on the on the pulp and uh, cycle fiber side. Just wondering how the, the price increases are being implemented. Whether you're whether you're confident that you'll uh, you'll be able to offset that cost inflation. Well, you know, uh, Paul, the, the price increase acceptance uh, will follow the market dynamics. So we believe that there's uh, there's good fundamentals uh, to support those price increase at this moment. Uh, we're not we're not alone thinking this uh, also in the market. So we're going to work really hard to get as much as we can out of those uh, price increase uh, for July and August. So it's hard to say for now, but uh, we'll work uh, really hard on it. Alrighty, that's all I had. Best luck, guys. Thanks. Thank you. There are no further questions at this time. Mr. Plourde, please continue. All right. Thank you, everyone, for being on the line uh, this morning, and uh, we are looking forward uh, to meet you on the uh, Q2 results. Have a good day, everyone. Merci, mesdames et messieurs. Cela met fin à la conférence d'aujourd'hui. Vous pouvez maintenant raccrocher. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. This concludes today's conference call. You may now disconnect.
Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.